you've heard the law or not, it's about those who obey. And that's because it reveals the heart of the person. It's not about your religious affiliation. Um, it's about obedience to the truths of God, to the best of your knowledge, to the best of your understanding. I believe God is well able to judge those who have been taught the truths of God effectively, and he's well able to judge those who have never heard the truths of God. God can judge people effectively, and he will not make any mistakes in his judgment. He's going to be able to see through uh, religious affiliations and all that sort of thing into the heart and be able to judge people justly. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are so good. Help us not to be judgmental. Help us to not look at other people's faults and focus on them because, Lord, it says here we have no excuse and also betrays the darkness of our own hearts. But, Father, help us to love other people and to look to uh, improve ourselves in our walk with you. Help us to walk in the obedience that comes from faith. So give us a good day. Help us to live a life worthy of the calling that we have received and serve you well today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. That, that was good. Amen. So uh, you remember when uh, at the onset of the uh, lesson series, uh, it was Roman, uh, the Romans were divided, mainly a divided church because there was uh, Jewish uh, Christians and there was Gentile Christians and they had that culture thing going on, that culture war. Amen. They, they didn't agree on a lot of things. And, if you, and if you, as you progress through the book of Romans, you're seeing this thing going back and forth from Gentile to Jew, Gentile to Jew. Amen. And so, uh, you know, the Jews were uh, uh, known for, uh, you know, they held the law. They, they knew the law and, and they uh, knew how to point out other people's faults uh, according to the law. Amen. And so, uh, and then uh, he, he talks about uh, the Gentile. And, and it's it just, uh, I don't know, if someone was a, a psychiatrist or psychologist looking at the way this is laid out, they got, they got to know that there's something to this. There's got to, it's got to be inspired, amen, the, the way it lays out uh, for human nature purposes. Uh, it starts off talking about man's judgment, the way we judge each other, and then it goes into God's judgment. And why is judge? Why is being judgmental wrong for us? We're not qualified. <laughs> We're not qualified. We cannot be unbiased. We cannot be impartial. Amen. We have built-in biases, uh, you know. So, uh, but God has the ability to be impartial uh, to Jew or Gentile. Amen. To anyone. Amen. So. Uh, I wanted to look at uh, verse uh, 13 also. It says, For it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. Now, I think it's interesting, uh, you know, because uh, we're saved by grace through faith, yet Paul goes into talking about how, you know, doers of the law. Amen. So, so you might think, well, is there a conflict there? This is not really a conflict. We're saved by grace through faith, absolutely. But there is a law written on our hearts that we need to follow. Amen. Uh, 
verse 14 says, For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do what the law requires, they are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness, and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. And, you know, I've wrestled a, a lot of times uh, about the, those poor people in the Amazon, never heard the name of Jesus. They lived, they died, generations of them lived and died. And so how's God going to judge them people? We have a built-in conscience of right and wrong. People that people don't, don't know anything about God know it's wrong to lie. They know it's wrong to steal. They know it's wrong to, to injure or hurt someone else or, or, or to, you know, to treat others badly. It's just something we know. I mean, even atheists, you know, have a, have, have a sense of morality. I've, I've, there used to be this guy uh, uh, on the radio. He was an atheist. He, he always talked about being an atheist. But he, he would talk about how that, you know, adultery is wrong or, or, or this is wrong or that is wrong. And it's like, you know, he had the, you know, pretty much the Ten Commandments or at least a few of those commandments right, you know. Uh, because it's just kind of built in us. Amen. So, uh, uh, so people that have never heard the name of Jesus don't know God uh, or anything. When they stand before God, you know, they'll be judged uh, righteously. Amen. And impartially. Amen. And uh, they will have had a standard that, you know, to be judged by their conscience. Amen. Now, uh, the Bible says uh, that uh, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Amen. So that's, that, that's uh, why we need to get the gospel into the hands of every living person on the planet. Amen. Uh, because uh, th that's how you can know, truly know you're saved. You know, I don't know about those people that uh, never heard the name of Christ. I don't, I don't know how they're, how, how they're going to end up. I know they'll be judged fairly, but... Uh, I, I feel much better if they have, uh, you know, received Christ. Amen. You, you, you can know for a surety if they, if they know Christ, then they're going to be all right in eternity. Amen. Um, the uh, uh, Pastor Mike on the video, he, uh, he already read uh, Romans uh, 2 verses 1 through 16. So um, we can go, uh, go ahead and get into the questions. And... Uh, the first section is uh, Romans chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Recognizing God's unique right to judge. He has a unique right to judge. And question 1 says, How do those who are quick to judge others demonstrate their own inconsistency? Anybody want to take a swing at that one? Brother? Uh, well, sometimes practicing sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, uh, people that call uh, someone else a liar. Yeah. Like, who hasn't lied? <laughs> <You know? laughs> We're all liars. Amen. Now, once we find Christ, we try to get a little better at uh, telling the truth. Amen. But uh, even when we try to tell the truth, sometimes there's a bias in there. Sometimes there's a slant in there. Amen. And so uh, God is more qualified <laughs> to judge than what we are. Amen. Anybody else have uh, anything? Brother Bob? I think uh, we can 
Right. Question two says, what is the personal consequences of their actions? I mean, people that are quick to judge others, what, what are the consequences of doing that according to uh, the scriptures, uh, verses one and two? Uh, Sister Liz? Uh, they bring judgment right. Amen. They bring judgment on themselves. Amen. Praise God. That's that's a, that's a pretty clear one. Uh, question three, what alternative approach to judging does Matthew 7, verses 1 to 5, suggest? Brother Ernie? Take the rod out of your own eye. <laughs> right. Amen. Take the, take the speck out of your, or the log out of your own eye, and then you can worry about the speck. In your brother's eye. Amen. Amen. Uh, get your own yard cleaned up before you call the city on how high the neighbor's grass is. Amen. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> what, uh, let's see, how do, how do you think God's judgment compares to ours? Uh, Sister Liz? Exactly. Like I said at the onset, we're, we're not qualified to be a judge. Amen. We're qualified to present the word of God, but, you know, we're qualified to say, hey, <laughs> I've done the same thing. God will forgive you for it. <laughs> but we're not qualified to say, you dirty sinner, you need to get right or you're going to split hell wide open. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, go ahead, Sister Jalis. Yeah, so Jesus didn't come to judge, and I think it goes on to say that, uh, but there is one that judges us, the word. So, so the plumb line or the standard is the word of God that we will be judged by. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, uh, part B of question four says, uh, what personal implications do you find in your answer? This is kind of like where you get tr kind of transparent. And <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go off uh, uh, what, I, what I put down. What my, my personal implication is I, I, I realize I'm not qualified to be a judge. 
So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, let's go to the second section, which is Romans chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, extending God's kindness. And what does verse 3 convey about God's judgment? Verse 3 says, Do you suppose, O man, you can judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? So, uh, what does that say about uh, God's, uh, what does uh, verse 3 convey about God's judgment? Uh, sister? Mm -hmm. it's, it's impartial. And God especially goes after hypocrites. <laughs> and I found the best, best you know, they say, uh, you know, church, churches are full of hypocrites. I found uh, that uh, mirrors are full of hypocrites, you know. <laughs> Whether you're in church or not, hypocrisy, hypocrisy is a human flaw, no matter who you are or, or what your background is. Amen. We all suffer from it. I, I've, I've played the hypocrite, and I know that maybe one or two of you maybe have as well. Amen. It's, it's just part of our fallen nature. Amen. Anybody else have Brother Bob? <laughs> no, no points on your license, no nothing. <laughs> but they all, one by one, I mean, I've never been called to court for nothing. You know, I mean, I still do work for God. But never, you know, we just want to be Jesus. You know? so. Amen. <laughs> Question six says, what kind of attitude do you think leads people to presume they can escape judgment? And it also says, see Matthew 23, uh, verses 27 to 28. So uh, wh what makes people think that they can get away with it? Sister Liz? Well, they feel unstoppable. They feel like they have this position of power mm -hmm. where they couldn't possibly be a flaw to somebody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They that they're standing so <laughs> They're not conceited. They're just convinced, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> In, in the, amen. Anybody got something to add to that, Brother Ernie? Yeah, similarly, I mean, it's built with hypocrisy and lawlessness, mm -hmm. which makes them think that they're not under the judgment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So self righteousness uh, yeah. 
they're leaning on their own self. According to them, you know, according to their standards, they're doing all right, you know. <laughs> Amen. Someone else have anything to add? Uh, Sister Worf? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They put on a good show, but on the inside, uh, it's a mess. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Uh, uh, question seven says, "What light do the first four verses of Roman two, two, uh, Romans two, shed on our tendency to judge others?" So what? What do you gather out of the first four verses that shed, uh, uh, you know, light on our tendency to judge others? Uh, Sister Liz? Yeah. Yeah. Anybody, uh, Brother Ernie? Uh, you judge others, you condemn yourself. Mm -hmm. I put. Uh, we tend to point out our faults in the behavior of others. <laughs> so I might be bad, but I'm not as bad as Brother Joe. <laughs> It's like any of you that's had kids, you ever had your child say something uh, that they overheard in, in family privacy to other people that you didn't want let out? <laughs> so, <laughs> Amen. Question eight says, in the midst of a passage uh, focusing on judgment, how does Paul underscore God's grace? And this is dealing with the verses three and four. How does uh, Paul underscore God's grace? Sister Liz? He talks about how God is trying to save some people. Mm -hmm. uh, Brother Ernie, go ahead. Uh, no. <laughs> talking about kindness, forbearance, and patience. Amen. So uh, uh, God's kindness is intended to lead us to repentance. Amen. Not to lead us on that, you know, we're okay. You know, some people get a false sense of security, you know, like I did that bad thing. Lightning bolt didn't hit me. So God must be okay with it. You know, you know, <laughs> I went outside and, you know, and the, the sky didn't fall upon me. So I must be doing all right. You know, maybe that preacher's wrong, you know, uh, but God's kindness is not intended to, uh, you know, to, uh, to make us think that we're okay. It's just, it's, it's a space of grace to give us time to find repentance. Amen. Amen. Uh, question nine says, 
What is the practical purpose of God's kindness? And we kind of kind of covered it a little bit. Go ahead, Sister Liz. Then Sister. Mm-hmm. Amen. Sister uh, Worf. Right. Amen. What does it say in the first Peter? God is not uh, slack concerning his promises. Uh, but basically, it goes, it goes on to say that God wants all men to come to repentance. Amen. God wants everybody to repent. Even God uh, would have wanted Adolf Hitler and uh, Mussolini and, uh, and uh, you know, the worst people of history. God would have wanted them to come to repentance because he will forgive them. I mean, uh, uh, Ted Bundy, you know, he was one of the worst serial killers of all time. Uh, it was said that he repented, you know, before he died. And I think uh, that uh, the uh, fellow from uh, Focus on the Family, uh, he had uh, talked, had an interview with him. And, uh, and uh, he had professed Christ and, you know, he'd... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, the worst of the worst can find salvation, you know, and the, yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he had people killed. Uh, he had people, innocent people thrown in prison. And uh, so the worst of the worst can find salvation. So the thief on the cross next to Jesus mm -hmm. said, this day you'll be with me in paradise. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Right. Yeah. It's like you hear people, you know, uh, I've done so much. I, I don't think God will forgive me because I, I've, I've done so much. And, you know, th th that's just not true. You know, as long as we have breath and life and presence of mind, we still have a chance to get right with God. Amen. Now, now once you die and pass over to the other side, you pretty much sealed your fate. Amen. There's, <laughs> there's no chance, you know, on the other side. Amen. When you, when you pass from this life to the next. So that's, that's why it's, it's important not to get it right tomorrow and not to get it right when you get a, a few things straight, but get it right right now because today is the day of salvation. Now on to the uh, third section of our questions is... Uh, dealing with Romans chapter 2, verses 5 through 8, uh, rejecting God's kindness. Amen. So this is just kind of going step by step. Amen. Uh, question 10 says, In what ways do people store up wrath for themselves? How do we store up wrath for ourselves? Amen. Brother Ernie? Unrepentant hearts. Amen. Not willing to repent. Someone got something to add to that, Sister Liz? Mm -hmm. Amen. Being stubborn and stiff-necked and 
and uh, not willing to admit that, you know, maybe maybe I was wrong. <laughs> Amen. In fact, my wife was married to a guy that was hardly ever wrong. <laughs> Time and a few gray hairs and a, uh, <laughs> a few rounds, a, a few rounds <laughs> in the ring, and uh, and and I, and I figured out that there, yeah, there's a, there's been a few times I was wrong. I just didn't know it, you know. <laughs> Praise God. Question eleven says. Has basic human nature changed during the centuries that have passed since the time of Paul wrote these verses? And can you cite some examples of hard-heartedness in Paul's time and in ours? So, uh, part, uh, I guess part B was, has human nature really changed? Liz? And it wasn't just uh, it wasn't just the Romans. I mean, it seems like every every empire that's ever fallen had a had a pattern of sexual uh, promiscuity and, uh, and and violence, and you know, and it's like a, a downward spiral, amen, that took them down. And uh, and we see the same thing in the United States right now. Uh, I mean. Well, I, I grew up in the 60s and 70s, and, you know, that was kind of the beginning of the sexual revolution. And, but, and I remember the, the standards of, uh, of, the, of the old guard and, and, the, and, the, and the old ways. And, and I heard, the, you know, the, the, my elders talk and how things used to be. And, and I, see how th I saw how things were changing. And I see th how things have really, really changed in the past 20 years. I mean... Uh, there's there's things that are common right now that was not even common ten years ago. I mean, it's a downward spiral. Pastor Willie. Could be that it's not that they're more common; it's just more acceptable to be open about it. Right. That there were certain things that people did, but you were ashamed to say you were doing it. People they had enough decency to sneak into it. Yeah. Now, right. Yeah, and uh, when I was coming up, I, I remember lots of instances where people, you know, they were not believers. Uh, they were, you know, uh, hard-nosed, uh, party-hardy uh, drinkers and cussers and all this. But at least you, what you could say for these people is that they had a respect 
for church people. They would watch their language if they knew you were a Christian. They, they would not offer you a drink uh, if they knew you were a Christian. They, you know, they, you know, they wouldn't attack uh, the clergy at all. They, 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 you know, they didn't agree with it, but they didn't really go all out to uh, to, to destroy, seek and destroy, you know, the things of God. But now all bets are off. Amen. Uh, so we, we can see this thing unraveling before our eyes. And uh, that just kind of tells me the end has got to be near, you know. But uh, praise the Lord. Uh, God be praised anyway. <laughs> Amen. Uh, question 12 says, what steps can we take to avoid God's wrath? Amen. Uh, that's, uh, that's a good remedy. Amen. What, what is the remedy here? Amen. And, and it says, see Hebrews Chapter 3, verses 7 and 8, and verse 12, and then uh, 1 John 1, 8 and 10. And uh, Liz, go ahead. Amen. Brother Ernie? Yeah, oh. <laughs> Amen. Didn't you say one time, if you mess up, fess up? <laughs> and some people just can't, you know, admit, you know, well, you know, uh, I'm not, I'm not exactly convinced that's a sin, you know, or, you know, because uh, the Bible doesn't come, come, come right out and specifically say that that is a sin, you know, but a lot of things are just discerned uh, by reason. Amen. Uh, so uh, just having an open mind or maybe an open heart toward the word of God and things of God and confessing when, when we mess up. Amen. Sister Pat. Willie? I, I was thinking about when you were talking about the wrath, and if you go back last a couple weeks back, in Romans 1.18 says, The wrath of God has been revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness, since what may be known about God is plain to them, mm -hmm. because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images, false gods, made to look like mortal man, 
and birds and animals and reptiles. Mm. So you see a devolution that it's not that people don't know what's right from wrong, it's that our heart really wants to do the wrong thing. Yeah. Our heart is willing to deceitful, but with a lot of us, and I guess that goes later in the lesson, because the chapter one talks about the outward sin. Right. And chapter two starts talking about the stuff that's inside yeah. the heart. And so we can really get away with stuff because we ain't doing big stuff that people see, but this stuff is just, what happens on the outside starts on the inside. Right. And some of us just don't do it because it's not socially acceptable, mm-hmm. but we really, our heart is really bent that way. It's like when the Holy Spirit takes up residence and, and we yield to it, what's on the inside eventually starts working its way out and we start having behavior changes and, you know, we start thinking differently and, and everything. Well, same with sin. When sin starts in the heart, it works its way out too. Amen. Uh, brother? Anybody got, else got any? All right. Uh, question 13. When God reveals his righteous judgment, what will he grant to those who are patient in well-doing? So see also 1 Corinthians 3, 15 and 2 Corinthians 5, 10. So what, what does God uh, give to those who are patient in well-doing? Lose. Amen. Somebody help. Yep. Eternal life. So we we have a reward waiting, you know. And sometimes, sometimes when you're putting up with the people from the world and and, and the mess that they bring, sometimes it doesn't seem like it's worth it. Sometimes, but believe me, it's worth it. <laughs> Pastor Willie. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote that their works will be good and proven. So often we live, especially in the church world, for the validation of other people and not knowing that even though other people say, good job, Pastor Willie, or whatever the case may be, yeah. if it's not built on a solid foundation, eventually the whole world, the whole creation is going to see people wasting their time. Yeah. Right. And you don't have to work for validation. God will do that. Yeah. yeah. So eventually our works will stand on their own <laughs> when they're tested by the fire. Amen. Uh, Brother Ernie? That's what I was going to say. If any man's work is on a firm foundation, mm-hmm. he'll receive his reward. And God looks at us. We, Amen. We're not faithful, but we have a firm foundation. Sometimes we believe and sometimes we don't. <laughs> we live in the times, you know, that, uh, you know, kids will play baseball and, uh, they get a participation participation trophy. And it used to be that the most valuable player would get the trophy. And, and those that really had a good batting average or those that uh, played really good defense on the field or whatever. Now everybody gets a trophy, you know. And, and now we want, we want God to, to, 
to validate us every time you know we help an old lady across the street or or, or give somebody on the street corner a dollar we're expecting you know money to drop out of the sky when we we throw a little money in the plate you know it doesn't always work that day sometimes it is a sacrifice you know sometimes it is a real sacrifice That's it. amen go ahead uh, God. So. <laughs> All right, the next section is uh, Romans chapter 2, verses 9 to 13. Understanding God's impartiality. And question 14 says, What evidence of God's impartiality do you find in these verses? Sister Liz. Amen. Amen. It's a, that's a, one of the uh, eternal spiritual laws. You shall sow what you reap. You know, you sow good. You sow good seed. You'll reap good things. You sow bad seed. You'll sow wheat. You'll, you'll uh, harvest weeds. You know, and so uh, it, it's it, it's it's really very 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 simple. Amen. And uh, in the midst of this, he's also comparing Jews and Gentiles. Amen. Uh, you know, because uh, I guess uh, maybe the Jews thought that they had some kind of advantage. They, they had a kind of inside track with God or something. Uh, no, it, it, they, they, we all get judged the same impartially. Well, it doesn't matter our station in life, if we're Jew or Gentile, male or female, rich or poor, uh, you know, it doesn't, doesn't matter. We're all looked at as the same, you know, Amen. praise God. Amen. And, uh, you know, thank God that we... We have someone that's qualified to judge us. Amen. Verse, uh, question 15 says, How do you reconcile verse 13 with its emphasis on deeds and actions and verses 16 and 17 of Romans 1 with their emphasis on faith? And it also says compare James chapter 2 verses 18 to 26. And that's basically, uh, you know, uh, we're saved by faith, but also uh, we're exhorted to uh, produce good works. You know, is, is someone got to comment on that? Sister Liz? Mm-hmm. Amen. So it's like, it's the saving faith it's the faith that gets you saved is the same faith that we do good works by. Right. Yeah. Amen. And we can't, we don't do the good works to get the faith. Amen. We get the faith first. Right. You know, and that's our foundation. <laughs> Pastor Willie? alone. <laughs> so I, I put it there, the symbol to her works is about, this works is a byproduct of the heart, and he talks in the scripture about those who have the law written on their hearts. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So the Gentiles who weren't given the law, but they're doing what the law says. 
uh, because of what they are. He says, I write my law on their hearts. Uh, and so that's that's a wonderful thing to think about, that he's writing it on our hearts so that people who might not even know it, like to answer yeah. the question, he knows. He's the judge. Amen. Amen. Okay, the next section is Romans chapter 2, verses 14 to 16. Discerning inward motives. Amen. 16, question 16, part A. How did God provide for those who did not have the law? Uh, Brother Ernie. Uh, like you said earlier, when you talk about the pride, mm -hmm. the law is written on their hearts. Right. Okay. And that's how God, God, I believe God's the judge of mm -hmm. Yeah. Amen. Anybody got something to add? Question, uh, oh, you got something? Well, it's that Demetrius asked the right, because when we look at the law, we look at the law as God gave the law, and in our minds, we're like, it starts from here. Mm -hmm. But it was always wrong to bear false witness. It was always wrong to have idol gods. He's just revealing the truth. All the law does is a schoolmaster. It points you to the nature of God. This is my nature, so if you don't match up, you're found lacking. And, and so what this does, it tells us that we can't prove ourselves by other people, that God has to prove us and that his, his righteousness will determine our inward motives and our, our inward hearts. Mm -hmm. um, so that even if you don't know the law, um, you know it's wrong, you get to go to the hood and you know, yeah. you should. Yeah. It's not open county, but open to the sky. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, United States penal system will uh, explain that to you in detail. <laughs> uh, part B of uh, question 16 is so what does such provision or the provision of God, uh, you know, uh, writing the law on their hearts, what, what does such provision tell you about God? What does that tell you about his character and nature? Sister Liz. Yeah. Um, when we really look at our own hearts and we know what we know, and some of it, the Bible says even though we don't even know everything that's in there, that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I he loves us anyway. I would say, honestly, anybody who, if you can look at, if you read the Bible and you walk away with it saying that God is just angry and trying to taunt us, you weren't doing something right. right. <laughs> then why would you say that God doesn't love us? Because he did this on the cross for our bad 
Yeah. Amen. Praise God. Uh, you know, I was, I was, while preparing for this lesson, I was thinking over the years, especially since, uh, since uh, I got the Holy Ghost and, and been walking in the way, when I was a lot younger, uh, if it came out of my mouth or it went through my head, well, it must be right because it came through me, right? But over the years, I've developed this like internal dialogue. And uh, sometimes I ask, now, did I say that just right? Or, you know, was my motive right on that? Am I, am I being nice to that person because, you know, it's the right thing to do? Or is it because maybe I think that I have a, you know, maybe a, be able to have an advantage in the future or something, you know? Uh, you know, do I have the right spirit here? Do I, you know, I, I find myself internalizing a lot of th things and, and thinking about, you know, why I do what I do or why I say what I say. Uh, you know, I, I just, I believe it's the Holy Spirit working in me to try to bring these things to light, to bring my motives and, and intents to light. And I have a, have a sneaky suspicion that it works this, kind of the same way in, in y'all too. Yeah. You know, uh, it just, uh, I don't know, it, it's just amazing how you become, I guess, more enlightened. You know, it kind of sounds weird, but uh, yeah. Or that you might, yeah. Right. Or or to do it to impress somebody else, exactly. you know, impress people around you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brother Bob. So it says, not having become a careless listener, one who forgets, but one who is an active doer, who obeys, and he will be blessed and favored by God in what he does in his life of obedience. That's the Amplified Bible. Yeah. And that, uh, that goes back to uh, verse uh, 13 of chapter 2. For it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. Amen. Amen. So. Amen. Yeah. 
But he ended up doing it anyway, even though he was grudging about it. And he said, so which one do you think the father was pleased with? The one who gave the facade that he did with this? Or the one that looked rebellious on the outside, but honestly, he ended up complying and did what he would do right. Yeah. His conscience got to him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Question 17. What practical difference might it make that God will judge secrets? Also consider Jeremiah 11 and 20. Go ahead. Well, God is the ultimate AI. When you look in our scripture. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. What what difference uh, will it make uh, in the end? Uh, just na- you, can you name a an instance where it might make a uh, a difference if God judges the 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 secrets of people's hearts? I, I had one. Is uh, what about people that were falsely accused went to prison because of someone lied? They'll be vindicated by the Lord. You know. You know, some people, you know, you see, hear things in the news occasionally where uh, they have DNA from the 70s. They didn't know what to do with it back then, but they kept it. And then they run the DNA and they find out the guy they got in prison for 20, 30 years wasn't guilty. You know, and uh, so, but history is probably full of those people that were falsely accused. And God will bring this to light. Sister Pat, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes they have old grudges uh, yeah. against them. So. Exactly. Brother Bob. I got a scripture 
is found in Psalms 19.12. It says, no one, this is King David, and I'm glad I read this about halfway to my Christianity. Uh, No one, this is King David speaking, no one can see all his own mistakes. Hmm. All his own mistakes. And then he prays, he says, forgive me for my secret sins. Hmm. How about that? Yeah. Well, there was the concept uh, in in the law that uh, if you stepped on a grave, you know, you were considered unclean. But what if you stepped on a grave and you didn't know it, you know? Yeah. And then he also prayed about forgive me the sins of my youth. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But I, 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 I thank God. You know what? When I was at work when that happened. And I just dropped everything, leaned against a uh, rack over there at Lowe's. And I prayed that very prayer that David prayed to the Lord forgive me of my secret sins. Mm. Yeah, celebrities and politicians are low-hanging fruit. You know, we can we can find people that agree with us on that, and we can we only have to focus on our own self when we can mm-hmm. chew on someone else. <laughs> Amen. Uh, Question 18 says, chapter 1 focused our attention on outward obvious sins. What seems to be the focus of these uh, first 16 verses of chapter 2? Sister Liz? And last question, 19, is uh, divided into two parts, A and B. Uh, A says, for further study, from your study of this lesson, who alone has the right to judge all people? Amen. 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 And then B says, uh, what kind of judge will he be? And then reread Romans 2, 1 to 16, plus Genesis 18. 20 to 25, and Psalm 67, verses 3 and 4, and Jeremiah 11:20. Use any other pertinent passages you may know for help with your answer. So, uh, anybody want to take us, Sister Liz? Amen. Anybody got something 
to add? Amen. No favoritism, impartial. Amen. The perfect judge. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Go ahead. You can close it out. <laughs> This scripture just came up to my mind. Uh, Psalms 51.10, it says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. This is Psalms 51 and 10. Do not cast from me your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Mm. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. You know, that's the first time I, I thought about something, that the road and the path for other people to God is first for you to get yourself right. He mm -hmm. says, if you create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me, that as you do that and you grant me that, then I'll start to teach other people, and they'll in turn come to you, mm -hmm. which means that there are some people probably not led to Christ just yet because they're waiting for us to get ourselves together and, and to be renewed in our hearts and our minds and passions to reach out to him. Right. Brother Ernie? Stepping on dead people's plots is a grave situation. When I'm going to a graveyard, I'm always kind of careful to, to not step on. I hate, I don't like stepping on the grave. It, it just, I don't know, just something. Uh, <laughs> Amen. Oh, Brother Bob. Yeah, carbon monoxide. Uh. But we, we, we should shine a light that others can see and glorify God. And, and our lamps have to be treated just right. How do we trim our lamps? 
I, I think there's probably a lot of different answers to that. Uh, s self, uh, uh, you know, introspection. Uh, yeah. Right, right. Right. So, do you see what I'm saying here? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm done as uh, if everybody else is done. Grand Proclamation Apparel. Doesn't he look nice? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, we've got that uh, quick reminder for Sunday. And for those of you who are watching online, thank you for partnering with us. Thank you for those who are participating and writing the comments. Uh, we honor you and we hope that you're finding some value uh, from being here with us. Grateful to God for you. I wanted to ask everybody who is online that's in this area, if you're in the Detroit area and you guys have been here, um, find a bunch of people and bring them. Uh, we're going to have two space jumps. We'll have Jenga and all sorts of things. Life-size Jenga. Might actually pull out some other stuff. Lots of eggs and things afterwards. But first, we're going to have a wonderful uh, celebration. Uh, hopefully, if the Lord says the same, we'll even have a place for you to bring your friends and family and take nice pictures, uh, professional-like pictures and things of that nature. With that said, Easter does, we put a lot into Easter, and it does cost so I'm asking each one of you to pray. Um, some of you, you've already given, and thank you for that. But for those of you who haven't had the opportunity yet to give and to sow into it, pray to God about what you want to give towards it, because we're, we're, we're getting this stuff, as some could say, it's fake, uh, <laughs> and things like that. But it makes a difference if one family can bring their child in, and the kid just comes to the bouncy house. Last year, we saw this kid pass by. And they just kept pointing, and they looked so sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but when people will stop and come in, that helps us to get people to Christ. Uh, some people may say, well, some of this stuff is over the top. But Paul says, I'm all things to all people that I may win some. Mm -hmm. Whatever it takes for the gospel of Christ. So uh, pray about it if it's $10, if it's $15, if it's $20. What do you give over and above your tithe or whatever you're giving to just say, hey, I want to help be a part of what's going on? Uh, we'll pray for that as soldiers give to Brother Dave. Uh, that's all I had. Uh, we're grateful to God for that. And make sure it's 715 uh, that you bring somebody else with you. We're going to have other churches coming with us this Friday. Uh, no Greenfield may be here. Uh, River Rouge may be here. Uh, some people from Orange Street may be here. A lot of people have been invited. We'll see who comes. But whoever's here, we want God to get the glory out of it. Amen. Uh, and be in prayer. We have a few people that will be out. Please be praying for Pastor Suntoff and Brother Archie. Uh, keep sending your prayers. And Sister Mabel, who's probably watching online right now. Uh, we love you guys. Uh, and um, hope to see you soon. Um, so if you see somebody, if you know somebody you haven't seen in a while, uh, call them, make them guilty, and tell them they need to come to church on um, I haven't seen you in a while. No, don't make them guilty. But just haven't seen you in a while. Just want to love on you. We'd be glad to see you. Come on out. 
no pressure or anything else. Just come on out and worship with us. Uh, with that, uh, thank you for a phenomenal class that was there. I'm going to pray because we got a quick praise team rendezvous, and then we're going to get out of here. God, I thank you uh, for this opportunity, God, to come in and study your word. Thank you for the opportunity uh, that you've given us, and I pray uh, that it will spark interest with others, that they will be interested in your word and draw closer to you through the study of your word and prayer. And if there's somebody listening to the sound of my voice that does not know you, that, God, you will touch their heart and touch their minds and, and cause them to seek more for you so that they can find you. We give you praise and thanks in the name of Jesus. Lord, bless the service on Friday. Bless all the weekend services, and we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody.